Guys, welcome back to DFS Podcast. Frank, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, Maybe the best kickoff point, if you can give people just a little bit of a uh, a quick bio overview, who you are and uh, and what you've been doing for the last couple of decades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the last couple of decades, my life has uh, really revolved around football. Um, I mean, that's really all it has revolved around, uh, except for the last two years of the, the last couple of decades. Um, grew up playing uh, football in uh, the north suburbs of Detroit. Um, you know, we played at, I played at a Division One high school uh, type caliber football. Um, I had one offer coming out of high school, which was at Central Michigan. I came out, um, I was actually a wide receiver. So I was a pretty big uh, wide receiver for, um, uh, you know, 6'3", 225 pounds playing wide out against kids not nearly as big as I was. Um, I was brought into Central Michigan as a tight end. And uh, Brian Kelly, who was our coach at that point, who is now the head coach over at Notre Dame, uh, offered me a scholarship. I um, uh, quickly moved from tight end and realized that they don't really use a tight end much in his scheme. Um, or at that point they did not. So I moved over to defensive end, um, learned under a guy named Dan Bazine, who was a second round draft pick from the bears. Um, he was an older player when I played there and, um, um, learned from him basically. And then by the time I was out of central, I was, uh, playing defensive end playing at a you know, pretty high caliber for, for Mac football. And, um, by the end of it, I felt, you know, I gained a lot of weight, to be honest with you. I was 225 pounds coming out of high school. Uh, by the time I finished at Central, I was 270 pounds, uh, 6'3". Um, back then, when I played, I wish I would have had the same knowledge as I had now. Is um, Gaining weight was all really about uh, just eating peanut butter and jellies or, uh, or that, that. But, uh, um, yeah, finished playing defensive end there and um, was lucky enough to get a, an opportunity to, um, to walk on um, as an undrafted free agent to the Green Bay Packers back in 2010, um, I made the most of an opportunity there. I'm going to be brief. We may be going into more detail later on. Made the most of my opportunity there. Uh, was able to win a Super Bowl my first year in Green Bay. Played there for three years. Um, and then moved over to Kansas City when Andy Reid left the Eagles to Kansas City. Um, I, was, uh, I joined that team. Played there for the six years. And, um, and then I retired. Uh, this is me, my second season uh, out of football. So, I'm sure we can go into more detail about all those different stages of my football career, but uh, that is uh, my last two decades in a uh, in a little period of time there. I love it. Um, yeah, there, we'll, we'll definitely maybe we'll start we'll start at the back end and then we'll work our way we'll work our way back up to present day. What, what is high school football like in that Michigan area for people that that don't that don't know and understand? Yeah, I mean, I played Division One ball. I mean, where I grew up at that point, um, even when I was young um playing flag football before sixth grade seventh grade uh playing for junior high i dreamed about playing for sterling high stevenson that was the high school that i went to and um they were always relatively pretty good when i was growing up so they were they were known uh, maybe around the state for being a good program and um by the time i got there it was kind of crazy too is when i got there as a sophomore um there were guys that were in my class that got brought up to varsity whereas i stayed on uh, GV, jv uh, junior varsity and um but, but I did very well in junior varsity. The team wasn't that great. The, the varsity team was not that great. I did not get moved up during that time. They just kept me down. And um, so I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder that I was uh, kind of looked over to, to move up to varsity as a sophomore. And um, obviously by the time I, I finished, I was, um, I, you know, I was an all-state player and, um, and a county player of the year for, you know, the area. And uh, we actually lost in the state championship to one of my college roommates who I played, you know, I played college ball with. 
Um, so um, I, one of the points I like to make, too, is when I got to Stevenson, they were not very good at that moment. But by the time I left and my class left, uh, we were state runner-up. So um, I've been lucky to experience a lot of success in my football career, and it just started, I guess, in, in high school. And did you, did you always want to play pro football? Was that, was that the goal as a, as a young kid? It was, um, you know, it's, it's, I was a realist too. Um, I remember setting my goals relatively small. Like, Hey, I just want to get, I just want to play college, you know, college football. And I didn't care at that point. I remember there were some smaller D2, D3 schools reaching out. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'd love to go play there. Um, Central Michigan was my only offer at the time. Again, Central Michigan was not very good when I was offered by them, when Brian Kelly just got there, um, so um, when I got that offer, I really didn't know what, you know what to make of it, but I knew I got a scholarship at that point to pay for my college at a D1 school. So me and my parents were extremely excited about that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was something I, I remember doing little workouts in my basement or if I were to go run around my subdivision, like thinking like, and I bring up these little thoughts to some people is like, I remember thinking like, if, if I can only get eight reps, I think of myself like two, eight reps, but if I get 10 reps, I'm making the NFL. Like I'd set like little goals for myself of like, things I didn't think I could reach, like little things of if I can do 10 reps instead of eight here, I'll make it in the NFL. Or if I can run the whole way around my subdivision without taking a break, I can make it in the NFL. Like little like mind tests where it would make me not give up that would maybe set the tone for, you know, down the road. But I would think, I, I tried to think back when I would do talks like this of little things that made it, uh, there were little times where I would think about things like that. And where'd that come from? Did that come from your parents? That, that idea, not no. playing pro football, but just that idea of like, if I can do 10. No, to be honest with you, my dad, my dad was a bigger guy, um, but he didn't play, play sports. Um, he, you know, he's as big as I was at the time. Um, he, his family dynamic was a little different and he had to kind of work at a younger age. Um, he didn't give me, my parents gave me, you know, all the opportunities to make sports their number one priority. He didn't have that luxury. Um, but my parents really didn't know what to expect. They, I remember them sending me to Michigan's uh, football camp one year when I think I was in ninth grade and I played soccer a lot growing up and they, they didn't know if I was going to play in high school. They didn't know if I'd make the team. Right. So they're like, why don't we at least, we know you're good at soccer. Why don't we just put you in the kick? Well, we'll at least make you do the kicking part of the, the camp. So at least you can be a kicker for the high school team, you know? So th- we didn't really know what to expect. My dad always told me, as long as you give a hundred percent, I'll never be mad at you. Right. And, um, as long as he never saw me loafing around or not giving all effort, he never got on me. He was not one of those dads that hounded me for missing a shot. But if he saw me dragging out there, you know, then he would get on me. What was the experience like in college, just, you know, from your transition to, you know, the caliber of players, the physicality going from high school to college? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously guys are bigger. Now you're taking an 18 year old kid, and then I remember being surrounded by, you know, 20, what would it be like 22 year olds maybe. And there's a huge difference between an athlete who's been working out at the college level now for four years. And I come in and um, the weights that they were pushing around and the, the body composition and the way they were built, I was like, Oh my God. Like I remember thinking to myself, I, I don't know if I can survive here. Um, and I remembered some of the Dave Lawrence uh, would know from Mecca who would know some of the guys I'm talking about. There was uh, the Brown family, like Jake Brown and Isaac Brown. Um, I think Ike actually co- and played in Can- uh, Canada, Canadian football, but um, just specimens, you know, just genetic freaks. And I remember those were like the two, two first guys I saw, and I'm just like, I'm way out of my league, you know. But, again, you're just a young kid at that point, and you have a, a lot of work to get to get to that, to that type of uh, caliber, I guess. 
And what did training look like for you back then? What was the, what was the routine at college? Was that the first time you lifted weights like seriously? You know, we had a pretty good workout program in high school. Um, we, you know, work out a couple times a week. Yeah, I mean, it's the best as a, co- a high school football program could do back in the early 2000s, I would think. Uh, maybe not to like Texas caliber uh, football or anything like that. But um, we, I, had, I was blessed to have a great uh, strength coach, uh, Paul Longo, who, um, who's been around a lot of the college. He was a head strength coach at Notre Dame for a long time. I know Dave Lawrence. Mecca looks up to him. Um, he had good programs up for, set for us. Um, I remember him telling me like the very first like week I got there, he's like, one day I'm going to turn you into a, a first day draft pick. Um, obviously he didn't do that for me because, well, Brian Kelly's staff ended up leaving after the first two years I was there. So he didn't get to finish up with me, but again, I didn't become a first day draft pick. I was a, uh, an undrafted free agent that I had to uh, wait until the draft was over to get uh, called up. But, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a good program. It was college. I think workouts were made to like, maybe break your mind a little bit and uh, play with your mind and see how mentally tough you are and, and get through some of those grueling workouts with your teammates to kind of build that um, team chemistry or whatnot. Because I remember going into some of those workouts, just dreading um, what was about to take place because of, um, but, but you were able to get through it with your buddies and your college roommates um, and then talk about it afterwards. And we still talk about some of those workouts and, and uh, getting through those together. What, what you, can you share one that you still talk about that stands out? Yeah, we would. Yeah. I mean, there would be these morning workouts where we'd get there at like four in the morning and uh, you'd go to your locker and there would be based on the, the workout prior would be three different colored jerseys. It'd be a white Jersey, a Brown Jersey, and like a maroon Jersey at central Michigan. So our colors were maroon and gold, but, um, and if it was a Brown Jersey, that was Western Michigan who was our rival. And now your, your horse crap. Um, but it depended on what color jersey you wore, depending on what part of the line when you would do these different drills, or what part of the line you're at. And it was basically like wrestling drills. You know, they throw a tire in between two guys. You got to wrestle, try to drag the other person across it. Um, basically sit in like a squat formation for as long as they tell you, like we call them quarter eagles. And then they'd blow a whistle on directions and the whole team would have to move at the same time in the right way. And if one guy messed up, you have to restart. Um, things like that, or, you know, you got to carry dumbbells for long periods of time, you know, 200 yards there and back, carry 90 pound dumbbells in your hands and you're, you know, you're calloused up, you're bleeding, your hands are bleeding and, uh, you got to get them across. Um, but again, I felt like it just helped build, um, team chemistry. And, uh, it was, it just played with your mind. A lot of those workouts were, I mean, obviously you were getting physically bigger and stronger. Um, but again, I think mentally that just prepared me for, um, for what was going going to happen later in my life with, uh, pro football and things like that. When you, when you look at the difference between uh, guys that were able to play at the next level, so make it in the NFL, and, and guys that didn't, was, was that the difference up top more so than physical? Mentally, you mean like the yeah. mental toughness rather than the physical toughness? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, pro football, you got to have, you got to have the gift of that, some of that physical ability, obviously, to make it at that level. Um, there is, there is a lot of great caliber players. There is a little bit of something that separates, uh, the pros from the, from the, the, the you know, no shows, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to explain if it would be just mentally. Um, but it definitely had, you definitely got to have the whole package to make in the NFL. You definitely have to have the physical package, the mental package and, um, and everything there. So 
Do you think people overlook how important it is to be intelligent to play the game at a high level? Because it just looks like a car crash to some people from the outside. Yeah. Um, I remember going to Green Bay and uh, I visited there about a year ago. And some of the trainers that were still there, they were like, I'll never forget the amount of uh, flashcards you had, like talking about myself. And I remember going into that training camp and uh, we had Dom Capers as our, uh, our defensive coordinator, a very complex defense, uh, a lot of different types of blitzing. I was moving from a uh, hand in the dirt D lineman to now a uh, standing up outside linebacker. Uh, my coach was Kevin Green, who was a Hall of Fame outside linebacker who uh, actually recently just passed away. Um, and he expected a lot of us. And, um, I remember studying just nonstop. Um, I remember going into that training camp. I, I tell this to a lot of people is I didn't go into that training camp. When I, so I was an undrafted free agent to the green Bay Packers. I, um, obviously they have drafted players, they have undrafted guys, and then they have trial guys and undrafted guys have a very slim chance of making the roster. Hopefully they can at least make the practice squad. And so that was kind of my goal. I hope it'd be awesome to make the practice squad, but I went into that training camp. Um, on a mission, I started working out differently and we can go into that too, but I went into it with a mental mindset of, I'm not scared of not making it. I was scared of not doing enough. And then down the road, 15 years thinking to myself, like you just pissed away a great opportunity. So I was more scared of like living with regret going into that situation. So, um, when it came to studying, I outworked everybody I was competing with at that point. Um, when it came to running to the ball, um, I was not loaf. I did not want to be ever stood out or called out for being somebody who didn't give complete effort and piss away an opportunity. So, um, I had an amazing training camp, um, blew a lot of people away and then ended up making the, the green Bay Packers and then starting 10 games that year, um, started in the super bowl that year and played every defensive rep and just really had a pretty, um, uh, mind blowing rookie year. Like, uh, now thinking back to what that was like, it, I mean, now knowing, playing nine years of NFL football, knowing what I was given in that opportunity in that situation all unfolding is just pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, we, we work with hockey, not football. How does it work if you're undrafted? They still sign you? So the thing, I don't know. I think hockey, all contracts are guaranteed. Um, is that right? Most uh, contracts maybe are guaranteed. Uh, kind of, somewhat. Yeah, like there's a percentage of it, yeah. yeah. So a draft pick, when you're a first round draft pick, you get guaranteed money up front, which basically when they're investing a lot of money into you like that, you have some job security, right? If they're giving you a couple, you know, tens of millions of dollars, they're not going to cut you the following year, right? They're going to at least try to see out their investment. When you're an undrafted free agent, you sign the same contract in a way, but you don't get any upfront money. I think my signing bonus was like 2,500 bucks. And so they don't have a whole lot of money invested into you. So if it's between you and somebody that uh, they've invested millions into, uh, you, you know, you're the one that's getting the ax, you know? So, um, when I went into it, there was guys for my spot. They only get 53, um, roster spots. Um, I think there was only nine, uh, available, maybe I think it was eight linebacker spots and they had, you know, Clay Matthews, AJ Hawk. Um, they had a lot of players that were established there. And I came in there with three other undrafted free agents trying to get a spot that really wasn't there. And, um, they came from all around the country as well. And, uh, yeah, basically it was a dogfight to uh, see who can try to get a spot that really wasn't there and somehow I was able to do it. Wow. So you did mention training or, yeah, changing your training regime. What did that look like going into the uh, the draft or the uh, tryout? Yeah. Um, and I'm being, I guess, as upfront as possible is at the time when I was – when I was had the opportunity in Green Bay, I'd made the team um, – 
I, like I said, I was 270 pounds coming out of college. I trimmed down to about 255 pounds. I bet my body fat at that point when I was in college was probably upwards of like 17%. Um, I think when I made Green Bay for the first year, I was probably hovering around like 14%. And then eating what I thought was healthy, right? Um, you know, if I wasn't going to eat peanut butter, I'd eat like PB2. You know, I thought cereal was healthy for me at that point. Um, you know, carbs were okay. Bread was okay. Um, so I thought what I was doing was correct. Uh, I wish I would have known now what I, then what I know now. Um, so after my first about, you know, I made the Packers kind of, you know, you're, you're, there's a lot of food out in front of you when you're traveling with the Packers and you're, you know, you have snacks readily available because they want you to keep, you know, your weight up and things. Um, it, it kind of just is what it is, what I ate. It, I think it, I was doing okay, but I wish I would have known later what I knew at, you know, at this point. Um, however, I met Dave. Me and Dave played couch football together. I found out Dave was opening a gym. Another one of our uh, friends, uh, Nick Ballore, who still plays for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, trained with Dave a few years. And uh, his body always – he was always bigger. Uh, but Nick was always just a bigger guy. Um, by my f maybe fifth year in the NFL, I was playing for the Chiefs. Maybe it was the fourth year. My hamstrings just weren't the same. Um, battling some injuries um, just didn't feel great. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to give Dave a try. And I'm going to do it. And, uh, and I started training. He had a little, little gym, little warehouse type gym at that point. And I uh, started training there. And I remember the training like was nothing like I've ever experienced. I remember throwing up multiple times, um, testing me again. I think he tried to break me my first, you know, couple sessions there. He definitely did. And, uh, and it was, again, I was being mentally pushed again, like I haven't before. Cause you know, in the NFL, it's really when you're playing there is that they're going to give you a workout to do, but if you don't want to do it, not that I didn't do it, they're not going to, if you don't want to do it, they'll just get rid of you. You know, you're not, guys are going to pass you up and then you're gone. They're always in the NFL. They're always looking to replace you. So I had to do something different. And I started training with Dave. I changed my diet around, um, started eating more fats, less carbs, um, different supplements. And then the training regimen was just completely different and uh, less rest uh, in between sets I mean, you guys know, I'm sure you, like you said, you've talked to Dave before, so you understand what his workouts consist of, but it changed me. And, um, yeah, it was more expensive than what I was doing. Right. Um, I was paying more per class or whatnot, but the investment, cause I thought my career would have ended after year four, um, or year five. And I was able to put on another four years and, uh, another contract after I started training with Dave. So, um, the investment of what I did, I mean, yeah, it was hard work. That was an investment then the financial investment of, you know, more money to train there and the supplements and things. But it really was just, you know, obviously it paid itself off because I was able to add that many more years onto my career. Well, it's, uh, yeah, we talk, we talk about this all the time. Is that, is that a common thread in football too? Like not, not maybe necessarily appreciating like how much, how much you need to spend on your body? Yeah. I mean, um, it, hey, it worked really well for me. There's some freaks out there, um, freak athletes that I've played with that they don't need to touch you know, a curl machine and their biceps are just humongous, right? Like I wasn't that guy. Like as soon as I missed the workout, I deflated. As soon as I <laughs> had a chocolate shake, I got fat. Like, um, and you know, I think if I could give any advice to a young player, it would be invest now, you know, don't piss up, piss off the opportunity. Um, because I, I thought I almost did at the time. I thought I was doing the right things, but come to find out, I really didn't know. Um, until I started working out with Dave and, uh, I, would time those face all the time. Like if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have played nine years in the league. I would have played five. So that, yeah. that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Like not, nine years is not a short period of time to play the game of football. 
So just for people listening that might not like understand and appreciate that. Yeah. The average career I think is like three and a half years, uh, especially for an undrafted free agent, you know, out of a smaller school, it was, um, yeah, it worked out well. Uh, you mentioned, you know, things changing after that, uh, that training regime and nutrition, what, from a performance standpoint, like what did you really notice changed after you changed your diet and training? Yeah. So my flexibility, um, I noticed was big, uh, my explosion, um, the, uh, my body composition changed. I think when I first started again with day was like around 14% body fat. Um, after the first year, I think I got down to about 8%. And I remember walking back into Kansas city, um, afterwards, uh, you know, for like the first spring workouts after I turned David and I was like, Holy shit, what did you do? Did you do steroids? Like, what did you do? Like, like <laughs> no, you know, no, just changed my workout around. Like it was a noticeable difference. Um, but just, you know, then I felt better when I was in the weight room, you know, I was able to, um, not that it was a huge competition, but I was able to put up more weight than other people. Um, I was, you know, I felt faster I, and it, it prevented injuries. I felt like, uh, when I was in Kansas city, I never, I missed one practice there in my first five years there. Um, and that was just because my second child was born. So in the NFL, when it comes to like, I never missed games. Um, and then the practice to not even miss a practice was pretty like unheard of for, for NFL players, especially in your, in your, uh, seventh, eighth year, you know? And what, go ahead, sir. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you mentioned, you know, the changes you made with nutrition. And I think the sports nutrition world has a lot of, it's gone, it's come a long way, but I think it has a lot of uh, areas in which it can improve in those, you know, especially I, I'm wondering in the football field, like, like you said, just eat whatever you can to put on weight. Um, you know, did you notice a lot of negative effects with that? Because I know a lot of athletes who try that and just eat whatever, like GI issues and all these things come up. Um, was that something you just thought was normal or what were the changes you noticed with, with your diet in particular and kind of eating that way? Yeah, I, I did notice, and I still notice it a little bit is I, when I started doing Dave's diet, I cut out gluten, cut out a lot of carbs and, uh, when I do, when I would eat gluten, then I would get like sweaty, you know, my stomach would hurt. Um, I would, when I would sleep, I would get hot in the middle of the night. Now still, if I eat gluten, if I have pizza or if I have gluten, and I still, I, you know, I don't have somebody testing my body fat once a month anymore. So I'll, I'll cheat a little <laughs> bit more than I have in the past, but like I sweat at night, um, I get a little bit of brain fog. Um, but those are, yeah, those are all things before that I just thought that yeah, it's normal no. living. Whereas then afterwards, then I was conscious of it. And then sometimes that'll now deter me from crushing pizza. Cause I was like, I don't feel like sweating. I don't feel like sweating all night tonight. Like I'll just go crush <laughs> almonds or something like, and I'm not that I'm not as regimented as I was before, but still I try to uh, cut all that out, especially after uh, like this uh, Christmas vacation, all that stuff. And now I come in after, after new year's and you're trying to get the uh, beach body back. Like now it's back into, uh, I still try to do the same workouts as Dave and try to eat you know, the same way I did. Your, your background's Italian, Frank. Yeah. I'm Italian and, and Polish. Yeah. My mom's Polish dad's Italian. That's a combo. eh? Well, yeah. yeah, there must, there must be a few pizzas and, and bowls of pasta. Just kick it around the house growing up. Oh yeah. My, my dad just made like his, uh, homemade, like family passed down pasta on Sunday. <laughs> so I definitely, uh, I definitely sweated the uh, Sunday night. I'll tell you, yeah, I definitely crushed some pasta. <laughs> What other, what other dietary aspects are staples for you? Like both when you played and then like, it sounds like it's continued now. So. Yeah. Um, I, I eat a lot of fats. Um, I eat a lot of red meat. I just had my, actually my physical, uh, two days ago. And I told my, uh, you know, my primary care physician that 
you know, I eat a lot of red meat and, uh, he looked at my cholesterol levels and, uh, my total cholesterol was, um, the high one nineties, but my HDL or, uh, HDLs were, were really high too. So he's like, all oh, those will counter, you know, counter each other out is what he said. Um, so don't worry about it. Um, I mean, that would be the only negative I've had. Cause my, when I do eat a lot of fats, I feel like my, uh, you know, I have in my house, we call it like the Zombo inner tube. Like when we do eat bad, like we get that little inner tube around the midsection. Right. And so as soon as I do start eating more carbs and less, less fats and, uh, um, uh, it, it forms. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just try to do the best I can to uh, cut it out. And then at that point when I was training with Dave, he'd give me like one day a week where I could splurge. Um, and, uh, I'm not as into it as he was, but, you know, talking about how it messes my insulin levels and, and how my body stores fat and all that. Um, and it worked, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. It worked, but again, you have to be extremely disciplined with it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I had, uh, I was on a mission at that point. So I was extremely disciplined at that point. How's the transition been? You, I mean, you're, you're only two years away from the game. That's not a long time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. Um, now my chiefs are, uh, they won a super bowl last year. I missed out on that. And then they're primed to win another one this year, which I'm extremely happy for everyone over there. Um, I was with those guys for six years and uh, just great human beings and great coaches and great players. And, um, I w- wish them nothing but success. And I, I, but I just wish I was there doing it with them. Right. Um, but the transition has been good. You know, I have, um, me and my wife, we have three little boys all under six and then another one that, uh, the due date was yesterday. So oh. we're waiting for one more boy to be uh, popping out here anytime soon. Um, you know, I'm at peace of my career. I was excited that uh, I was able to play nine years and um, we kind of have our forever home here in Michigan. Um, it didn't take long, probably a few months where I was already looking for something else to do job wise. And um, I always wanted to get into sales, dealing with people and being able to chat with people. And um, um, sales game is way more different than, than I anticipated. I'm learning a lot. And um you know, it's funny when I was a, when I was a Kansas city chief and I'd reach out to somebody, yeah, I would get a call back pretty quick. You know, now that I'm a salesman and I call, reach out to somebody, the uh, response rate is not nearly the same. And I'm, uh, I'm, uh, learning what that, uh, that rejection is like. And, um, but it's fun, you know, it's, uh, I like to hunt and uh, I feel like right now the sales to me is like hunting. You know, you, sometimes you have your good days and your bad days where people respond or people are excited about what you're selling. And some days, um, you're just not seeing anything or you're not getting any responses and it's frustrating. Right. So, um, you just got to keep after it. And then when those good days are good now, um, I had a good sales call the other day and it was like, I had that rush again, almost not to the extent of maybe getting a sack in a Super Bowl, but, um, <laughs> Hey, my new, uh, found career, um, things are happening well for me. And, uh, but yeah, it's been good. What's the, what's the company? What's the industry? Yeah. So I worked for a company called health grades. Um, and it, it's, uh, um, one of our offices are right down the street from where I live. It's like, we have a little downtown area and it's right inside of there. The people I work with are awesome. Um, a lot of, um, ex college baseball players. And then, um, the leadership, uh, the, you know, the C level type people are in that company are, are just awesome people too. They live very close to where I live and we know a lot of the same people. Um, so it's, it's a good thing for me to, you know, still I'm young and I, like I said, I have a lot of kids and, um, and I need to make money for, you know, to put them through college and, uh, they like to drink a lot of, uh, organic whole milk. And, uh, so I got to, uh, make sure the milk is in the refrigerator for them still. So, um, and, and it's great to just get out and learn and be around people and uh, bounce ideas off people and have a, a goal. Uh, when I first got out of the NFL, I was playing pickleball up at lifetime fitness for about four hours a day. And don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun, but <laughs> uh, when you don't have anything to work for or work towards anymore and you're not goal oriented, which is what I was, um, for the first couple of decades, you know, of my life, 
um, that's, uh, it was different for me. So I had to find something and I think I found, um, something that I really enjoy. And, uh, like I said, it keeps the milk in the, uh, the fridge for the kids too. So <laughs> what a game pickleball. <laughs> it's an awesome game. If people it's don't all, never play it yeah, harder I mean, than you would think it is. <laughs> yeah. And if you play singles, which I started playing singles, it was a heck of a workout. Like I was losing a lot of weight. Um, now I play a lot more doubles, which is more technical. And I play with people that are probably twice my age and they can compete. You know, it's a pretty cool game where you got somebody who's an ex NFL athlete at 33 and I'm competing against maybe a 65 year old woman. And, uh, she's doing, you know, better than me, you know? So it's kind of, it's a humbling game for sure. Oh, I can just see her at lifetime hitting cut shots on you. Just <laughs> making you go to the back corner. Uh, yeah, for sure. What's, uh, what, what's your workout regime look like now outside of, outside of pickleball? Yeah. Um, so I have, um, I have a Peloton and I, I really like the Peloton. Um, I, I started getting into bike riding when I first got to the NFL as well. And, uh, I met someone out here that was really big into it. So I do some mountain biking and then we do some like, uh, back road dirt riding, I guess. So it'd be gravel road riding and we'll go, you know, 50 miles maybe in a, in a morning or, um, or you hit, you know, maybe 15 miles on a, a mountain bike trail, which is a heck of a workout. So I enjoy doing that. It's a, it's a workout, but yet it's fun. And I like to hunt. Like I said, so you see a lot of scenery, you see a lot of deer, turkeys, things like that. Um, then I started getting into on the same Peloton app, um, doing some, um, yoga and, uh, Pilates, things like that. Um, I have noticed that, um, I also, don't get me wrong. I still do the same workout. That's kind of like my supplemental stuff. But I have noticed that when I would do my workouts, I didn't warm up the same. So when I, I still do Dave Lawrence type Mecca type workouts on um, ones that I kind of had in memory in my head, or he's passed on to me to do these, this, 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 and that. Um, but I wouldn't warm up the same. And I started like when I first got the NFL, my body felt great when I started working out, but I would just kind of walk in the gym, throw a bar on my back and, and squat, you know, whatever, four or five, you know, throw my, not that I was a monster or anything, but. Um, I noticed that, oh my God, my hips are all messed up. My hamstrings are not great anymore. So I started doing yoga just to like, cause I was feeling like crap. So warm ups are super important. I've come to realize, cause that was just <laughs> something we did in the NFL, you know, pre-workout or post-workout, they would make you stretch or make you roll out. And I stopped that and my body started to go away. You know, it started to hurt. Um, so I, I still do Dave's style workouts. The majority of the time today I did an upper body one, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I still, I go up to lifetime, just use their stuff and, uh, and do his type workouts. And it's funny too, is I was in there maybe like eight months ago and I saw somebody across the gym doing a particular type of workout. And I walked up to him. I'm like, you know, Charles Poliquin or like, what's your, what's your background? Like, why are you doing those workouts? And he's like, no, I, uh, on every other day I work out a place called Mecca. And I could tell by the way he was working out that he was doing Dave's workouts. And, uh, and I know Dave, you know, learned from Charles Poliquin and, uh, but it's funny is now, I, now I see him up there, you know, every other day. And, uh, but yeah, he's doing some of the same workouts I'm doing. He works out with Dave as well. That's awesome. Where, where do you, yeah. uh, what do you hunt for? Where do you go? Yeah. So when I lived in Kansas city, um, deer hunting there is pretty spectacular. They get some big, big animals there. And, uh, so I bought in Michigan aren't that big. They're, it's not that they're not that big. They have the potential to be big, but people just shoot everything that has horns. So they're not able to ever grow bigger or, or anything like that. Whereas in Kansas, they have better deer management and they let their bucks become mature. And so I bought a piece of ground out there, um, probably four years ago. And, uh, me and some buddies go out there once a year and we go hunt that. 
That's awesome. So. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's funny. We, uh, I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, like Ontario. So just yes, across, from, just across from Sioux, Michigan, like in the UP and, yeah. and we, would, we would like go down to tournaments, like hockey tournaments. And we would hit, we would hit a deer every, every drive down, like without fail coming through Michigan. Yeah. I get, yeah, the Upper Peninsula. I think they've been hurting though lately because they've had some rough winters. They got wolves now up there, so I know, and that puts a damper almost into their economy as well because now a lot of deer hunters from down south in Michigan don't go up there as much because their success rates are so low. Um, so yeah, yeah, the the UP is a different animal. That that's that's like a state of its own. <laughs> oh yeah, if you go back in time when you go there, I've snowmobiled a few times that are before kids and realizing how dangerous it is. And like I'm not dying being a, I'm not dying on a snowmobile, so I, I gave it up, but. Um, definitely did that up in the UP and it is a different, different world up there. So are, are your freezers full of elk or deer? <laughs> deer? <laughs> so actually I had venison a few days ago, um, deer venison. And, uh, um, yeah, I feel like, again, I remember Dave telling me back in the days, if you, he's like, and I don't know how true this is, but he's like, if you can eat something that you actually kill, it does something to your testosterone levels. And like, and you were all just meat heading out. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds awesome. So I remember the deer that I'm eating right now is killed off of my own ground that I own in Kansas. And I do, when I eat it, I feel like superhuman away. Like I can feel like, oh, okay, I got to go work out or something. Not to sound like a <laughs> even mentally, if there's some truth to that, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but elk hunting, it's funny you bring up elk too, is, uh, I actually went out to Colorado for the first time this year. Now that I'm done playing football and, uh, I can get out and go out West in the fall, find a week. And, uh, so I went out elk hunting and basically lived off the land, um, did public land over the counter type hunt where we kind of, me and three buddies just did it ourselves and tried to find them. So we found elk, we got on them a few times, found a lot of sign, um, found out that's a lot of work too. I lost a lot of weight doing that, climbing mountains up and down, up and down every day. And, um, and, you know, drinking water out of creeks and eating food out of, uh, um, little bags, you know, they add hot water to, um, yeah. I, I think I lost like 20 pounds in a week. Um, but that was, a, you know, just an amazing experience that I'll do, you know, for the rest of my life. Where, where in Colorado? Right outside of Walden, Colorado. So the thing about elk hunting, as I learned is you never tell anybody where your spots are. Okay. Never, it's so I, I'll just say it's, it's called no tell mountain is where we go, <laughs> but it's not like we, it's not, we are killing a bunch of monsters that a bunch of people listening to this thing or this, this podcast are going to say, Hey, I need to go to that spot. But, um, it was outside of Walden, just West of Walden. Uh, we found a little spot that we, uh, we plan on going to for, for a good amount of time. Yeah. It's a beautiful, Colorado's a beautiful state. Like, yeah, fantastic. Picturesque. Yeah. So I, I love going out there, not to elk hunt, but just in general. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go out there and, and like at least hike or, or something like that in the summer, or early, you know, late spring. Cause it I is. heard the snow doesn't melt there until like mid, mid June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is crazy. When you start to get up, we did, we did last time I was there, we did a hike and it's noticeable. Like the, the oxygen, when you start to get up on the top of the mountain is, is noticeable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it is funny too. There's, <clears throat> there's ladies that have been there for years that are in their seventies and eighties and they go, they have their snowshoes on and they go walking by you and they say hi, All right. uh, but no, no, it's fantastic. Well, it's good. I mean, I think like you said, like just having, just having missions and objectives after sport is something that's, that's so important. Um, yeah. I saw that you were with the PA for a little bit, uh, when you were in the league. Yeah. What was, what was your role there? So I was voted on by my teammates to represent our team when it came to, um, um, negotiations at that point. Uh, I know they just signed their new CBA, but, uh, we were coming towards the end of our, um, agreement with the NFL. Um, and I was chosen to represent the Kansas city chiefs at that moment, um, in those type of negotiations and the strategy that would go into, 
um, you know, it's into that um, um, CBA negotiation for, I think it was 2020 that uh, that'll take place last year. So yeah, that was uh, mine, but basically fighting for players' rights and, um, you know, representing guys when they had issues or whatever, they would come to me and then I would talk to our, uh, my, our superiors or our people that would take care of those type of issues. So yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the PA like in the NFL? Do they have like, do they have a lot of, a lot of power, a lot of influence, like similar to baseball? Yeah. I would say the NFL PA is probably the, uh, I would, I, maybe I'm just, uh, thinking that we're the best, but it, I have to say the most superior when it comes to, uh, players associations and, uh, and a union when it comes to sports, I think they're probably the most advanced. Yeah, that's good. Will you, do you think you'll ever work in football in any capacity again? I help out with uh, the local high school. Um, you know, with the kids, it's hard to commit a lot of time. Uh, with my young kids, um, yeah. it's hard to commit a lot of time. But I help out, not so much the local high school, but the high school I went to, I help out. And um, when I first got out of the league and I didn't have a job at that point, I uh, helped out a little bit more. But now that I got work and the kids, it's tough for me to get out there. But I try to bring my son at least to, every, you know, every game on Friday and, um, you know, talk with the kids if I need to. The other day I went and worked out with them and I did a – um, the Dave Lawrence workout with them and, uh, put them through the ringer a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, for football to, to do it at a higher level and to do it at college and pros takes up a lot of time. I do love football. It was great to me, but at this point in my life, now it's most important to be around my family and my kids and my parents. And, um, and, uh, I think football coaching at a very high level would uh, limit me from doing things like that. Will your, uh, will your boys play? Oh, I mean, if they want to, for sure. My oldest right now, who's six, he plays flag football. He does really well. Um, he's always asking me to throw balls to him. He um, plays Madden football on the uh, on the Xbox, on the old Xbox I had. Uh, he plays Madden football. I only let him play 2017 Madden because I'm in it. So he plays with me and the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he loves watching it on TV. And, um, like I said, I've never experienced many concussions. A lot of people ask me that, too. Like, you're going to let your kids play. This is so dangerous. I was lucky. I didn't experience any kind con- you know, concussions. I, of course I had my bell rang wrong a few times, but, um, the way I feel body wise, I feel great. My mind feels great. It's intact. Um, I, you know, I think it was great for me and my family. And so I would recommend it to, to anybody. Um, because I had a great experience with it. It's funny. I guess they won't like, like he, he would have been four when you retired. So they don't really remember you being in the league. Yeah, he will remember a few, you know, and he'll play his video game and he'll play against like the Bears in the game. And uh, we took him to um, Soldier Field in Chicago and mm-hmm. he remembers that. He remembers, okay. uh, I think I was watching a video the other day of the Chiefs coming out of the tunnel and he heard the music again, like the Tomahawk Chop. And he, you know, my kids come running because they remember that. Because yeah. all three of them were at a game at one point, even, you know, my youngest was probably one at the time. Um, but you know, they were all at games. There's pictures of, you know, my wife holding all three of them at a game. And, um, I think it's something that, you know, they'll remember we got pictures of it all over the house and, uh, you know, their rooms decorated in NFL type stuff with, you know, with the stadium with the you know American flag in the background and a, a stealth bomber flying over, you know, so, uh, that's in their bedroom right now. Yeah. Well, we were talking, there's a place for the LA Kings hockey player. Um, Oh, Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. He's played in the league. He's played in the NHL for like 16 or 17 seasons. And he was talking about his kids. And they're like, what do they think about you being in the league? And he's like, well, they just don't think I'm very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same I, Same here, too. It's like his favorite player. I think he would say 51, you know, Frank or Zombo. But he was like Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill or Patrick Mahomes, you know, or Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, they still become fanboys, I guess, in a little ways. And, uh, they, you know, they like the stars. 
Uh, that's amazing. Awesome. So what does your, uh, like in terms of performance, we talked about obviously the transition, but uh, yeah, what are your, your big areas with uh, when you were playing with performance that, you know, really helped you from a nutrition and training standpoint in terms of taking care of your body recovery wise? Like what were those major things that you did then that, that you uh, have taken afterwards and, and really focus on now? Yeah. I think amount of sleep I get is huge. Um, if I can get eight hours, me and my wife, we always laugh about getting like eight or nine hours of sleep. Like, cause as soon as you get like seven and a half, we just feel like crap the next day. And then maybe it's just because of the kids and it's just nonstop. But when we do pass off our kids now to like my parents who live down the street, um, and then we get home, it's like, what do we, it's so quiet here. We're so bored, you know, but when you have kids, especially three of them, it's just nonstop, nonstop stuff. Like, Sleep is, it was a huge thing for me that I still try to um, so keep track of and do well with. Um, again, eating the, you know, the avocados and my eggs in the morning and not eating cereal um, is huge for me because as soon as I eat that cereal, I just feel like crap the rest of the day. Um, my coffee, I'll, you know, do the grass-fed butter with the, um, the MCT oil in the morning and I might not eat until 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock and I feel great. And then as soon as I do eat like a, a bar or something, I get almost like a little bit of brain fog. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'd say diet. And then I, like I said, I still do the same workouts. I still try to do, I didn't stretch at, at a period of time. Like I said, now I do yoga at least twice a week just to, um, uh, it makes me feel better. It makes my back feel better. It makes my hips feel better. And, um, and then I do my cardio with the bike. Um, for me, you know, I've always heard this one expression. I think it was, uh, one of my coaches told me this, uh, Bob Sutton, he's our deep coordinator. He was a coach at army for a long period of time. He told me that when the things you want to do, when the things you have to do become the things you want to do, then you'll be successful, right? So for working out, some people might look at it as something I have to do, but it's something I literally look at as something that I want to do. And I do it almost every day. I, I would say I do it every day. So you do some type of workout every day. Um, that's just something that maybe was brought on me by football and being regimented. But if I don't work out, I do feel like crap. So it is easier for me because it is something I want to do rather than something I have to do. Be So um, it's essential that I do it every day. What, um, what other supplements do you take? I know you just mentioned like a little MCT oil in the coffee, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, a fish oil, um, I, I started getting into like turmeric for the last couple of years. I'll do that. Um, uh, vitamin D, um, I'll do creatine before workouts with some electrolytes, uh, some branched chain amino acids before workouts, uh, mid-workout and post-workout. Like, uh, <laughs> all the leucine yeah yeah we, we, we talked to dave about that <laughs> yeah yeah he got that going with me too uh cardening is one i like uh, i'm trying to think what else i mean i'd say that's about it uh i like beta alanine too uh, i feel like it delays the onset of muscle fatigue for me uh i feel like i can get more reps before i'm really get you know tired out um yeah that'd be about what my original yeah my vitamin intake would consist of maybe a multivitamin too. Probiotic, I would say would be something else that I would, I'd, I'll take. Awesome. And did that change a lot from when you were playing to afterwards or that were those staples when you were playing as well? Yeah. I, when I start like right now, I'm in like workout mode, you know, it's after mm -hmm. Christmas vacation during <laughs> hunting time, my workout regiments aren't as, um, I'm not, maybe if I'm working right now, maybe I'm working out, you know, four days a week really hard, but I try to work out every day when during hunting season, I might go a week without working out because I'm in Colorado or I'm in Kansas hunting for a week, or I duck hunting this morning and I skip my workout. Whereas now I don't have anything to really 
takes up my time. So now I'm like in the mode where I'm trying to, you know, we can just put a pool in the backyard. So I'll try to get cut up for it. Maybe just two just to see if I could still do it. Right. Um, I might hang clean weights or, you know, just because I was able to do it when I played. So I almost don't want to get old and not do it anymore. You know, I might throw uh, four plates on my back, you know, for a squat just because to say I can do it. And, but I'll maybe feel a little like crap afterwards, but um, I, I don't know. I maybe I'm still trying to stay young or still saying I still got it because it's hard for me to say I don't anymore. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, the point, the point of uh, setting goals and still being motivated to do those things afterwards, because yeah, when you have such high competition for so long, it's hard to, you know, not compete with even yourself to, you know, always be doing better. Right. So I love that. I love that you said that and you still have these little, you know, mental uh, competitions, even with yourself that, that make a big difference just in, in how you set your day up mentally by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, are there any regrets from football? Anything that you wish you wish you could have done? No, I mean, I kind of made this point a little bit when I was talking about high school is when I, I was lucky to be around a lot of success when it comes to college, Dave and I won, uh, you know, three conference championships together. My worst season there, uh, I think was, uh, I mean, I made, we made, I had tremendous success at in college. Uh, when, by the time I got to my, to the NFL, my worst season was nine and seven and we missed the playoffs one time in nine years. So I was with the green Bay Packers. We won the Super Bowl my first year. We were 15 and one the next year, um, you know, 11 and five the following year. And then when I got to Kansas city, Kansas city was terrible. They just fired the coach, brought in Andy Reed. We started that first season nine and oh, we finished 11 and five, uh, made the playoffs next year. We were nine and seven. That was the only year I didn't make the playoffs. And then um, kind of, you know, took off from there. We kept winning, winning, winning. So I've been lucky to be around a lot of success, um, even when I got my new job outside of it, I was like, Hey, I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's me. Um, you know, it's not just me, obviously, but I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of successful people and, and be around a lot of teams that were successful. I know how to work with people and be successful. Um, and, uh, so football, like any sport, it's, it's only fun when you're winning. It was fun for me because I always was on a team that was winning. And, um, I don't have any regrets. I, you know, like I said, I was an undrafted free agent who made a nine year career in the NFL and uh, my family got to enjoy it with me and I came out with my body intact. So I made great relationships throughout the way and had great experiences and great stories to tell afterwards. And uh, my body gets to tell the story too. You know, I'm still living with it. So um, yeah, it was great all around experience. I have, you know, zero regrets of how my football career played out. Awesome. And in terms of uh, your, you were mentioning, obviously your family work life, like how does that, how is that now? Like you just, you have a lot more time to obviously be with your family and how does that work into your day? Like, do you, yeah. Do you set time for it? Is it just kind of everything it revolves around that now? Because the, the idea of work-life balance a lot of the time is, is hard for people when they are in, you know, obviously such extreme situations as professional sport. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, playing the NFL college now, college, you had no time because you had football, then you had school. When you got to the pros, it was like you had work, your football, but then you had, I feel like, especially towards the end of seasons, they didn't want to wear you out because you knew you were already kind of bodies broken up for the most part, just from a long season. Um, so you just had a lot of time. Um, currently, um, my, my situation, you know, I'm working basically a nine to five, um, and uh, my family lives close, so they're able to meet me for lunch quite a bit. Um, so I get to see them all the time. Um, 
maybe, you know, it's still stressful. I'm in sales, but it's not as stressful as it was in the NFL. So when I'm, when I check out of work now, I can get home and I can be with the kids and they're all at a fun age, you know, six, four and three. So we're wrestling a lot and things like that. Um, obviously they get to bed around eight o'clock and then I'm able to, you know, spend a little, you know, a few hours with my wife or maybe even jump on a video game with some buddies. Um, and, uh, just kind of relax. So, you know, I feel like every day right now is the same in a way. Um, but I enjoy it, right. It's not as stressful. Um, I'm able to work out in the mornings, go to work, um, hang out with, you know, some buddies in a way now they're my close friends. I sell, I get to deal with people, uh, making money for my family, but it's enjoyable. And then I come home, be with my family and then do it all over again. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been good. Awesome. Um, well, just a couple, a couple questions to wrap up here. Uh, one, what, what advice would you give to a young player who, who's maybe running around his subdivision right now thinking if he can just do two more, he can go to the NFL. Yeah. I saw so many good athletes back in high school or maybe even younger than that, just made wrong decisions. Uh, when it, whether it was uh, drinking and driving or drinking and then getting like a minor possession charge or uh, maybe, you know, you know, experimenting with sex too young and, and getting a girl pregnant. Um, or, you know, that, or that from a female point of view, getting pregnant and not that it's always a negative thing like that, but little decisions you can make when you're that age, you know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in like your road can go in different paths. Right. And it's all based on like decisions you make and, um, your, you know, your life path could go left or right at that point. And, uh, I think just making the right decisions, understanding what you're out, what your there's opportunities out there to be successful. If you make the right decisions, you work hard. Um, it is out there. I was lucky that I coming out and getting into colleges, I didn't get hurt. Um, you know, things like that come into factor, but I didn't ever got in trouble. You know, I was an all A and B type student um, that did the little things right. I was respectful to people. And, um, and I think when college, especially now when they're recruiting kids for college um, sports, they're looking for higher character people and they're people are getting sick of the, the guys who are getting in trouble in college or not finishing because they get penalized now when they offer somebody a scholarship and they don't finish all five years. So they're looking for higher caliber character people in the NFL and in, um, in college. So if you can be a good person and, uh, and do the right things and, uh, you know, give it great effort, the best you can do. Uh, I don't think there's any way you can live with regret later in life, looking back, be like, man, I really pissed away an opportunity. So we have a lot of, uh, coaches who, who listen. So strength coaches, um, yeah. And other, you know, sort of, again, health mentors, that type of thing. Uh, and obviously you've been coached by a lot of different, um, uh, people and then obviously your relationship with Dave, what do you believe makes a good coach in your opinion? I've had some, uh, some amazing coaches. Um, I think it helps when there's guys that, uh, that maybe lived it out too. Like they, you know, for me in football, like I had Kevin Green or Dave Tobe or Gary Gibbs who all played. Those are my three big coaches in the NFL. Um, Mike Smith is another one who's a linebacker coach for Green Bay right now, but they all played the game. Um, they understand what it takes. Um, they understand um, if you do make a mistake on the football field, especially at the pro level, like you're going to get beat sometimes. It's the NFL. Like they're a really good football player too, right? As long as you don't make a habit of it, it's okay, right? And as long as you're going to fix it next time, it's okay. Um, not, you know, hounding people for little mistakes like that and um, just understanding like sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think of different qualities that uh, I, all of my coaches have been uh, just been awesome, but I'm trying to think of what's maybe a similar quality between all of them. I mean, my, 
um, college coach was uh, um, Brian Kelly, who, like I said, is at Notre Dame. And then I had Butch Jones, who was uh, a coach at Tennessee for a long period of time. And, uh, um, and then Mike McCarthy, who's been a longtime NFL coach. And then Andy Reid, who's probably one of the best, you know, pro football coaches there is. Um, you know, all of them show great leadership, obviously. Um, great at public speaking and telling great stories uh, during, you know, team breakdowns and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's tough for me to put my finger on what quality, I guess that was in all of them, but I've been around some of the best and I guess that's why we've been successful too. You, uh, you mentioned being very, very studious when it came to the game. Um, is there, is there a book, um, or a resource that really stands out in your life as influential? You, like, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, a, is there, is there, um, you know, is there a favorite book or is there a favorite movie or is there, is there something that, that had like a really pivotal um, impact on your life? Uh, just in terms of you, you've talked a lot about mindset and performance uh, throughout this. Uh, it's kind of been a bit of a theme. So I just wondered if there was something that, that you really took that from uh, outside of just the coaches that you interacted with. No, I mean, I, I wasn't much of a, not much of a book reader. When I would read books, it was more like military related, like, you know, a lone survivor or things like that. It never was sports related. Um, I mean, I guess lone survivor, like sacrifice and uh, teamwork and, and some of those Navy SEAL books that I would read, um, you know, when it came to training too, I always was blown away by like the Navy SEAL training that went into it. And like the thought of, could I do it? You know, um, I almost wanted to do like an Ironman at one point just to say if I could do something like that. But then again, I don't know if I want to embark on the stress right now of, um, I couldn't imagine going into that anymore of like the stress of, will I complete this? Especially after I trade for so long, it's basically you against you. And, uh, cause it wouldn't be uh, trying to compete to win it. It'd be just to try to finish it. I think for me, um, but little books like that, I would always read. Um, and then for me, it's always just been the person, right? I think some of those coaches have made an impact on my life, like a Kevin green, who related well to me um, because his skill set of he wasn't like a freak by any means of just a big, you know, bulging human being, but he had heart and uh, he had drive. And um, I think he related well to me because I was a guy who wasn't like an extreme freak, but um, I played extremely hard and I knew what I was doing. I was going to be right in the spot and make it count on me. And, um, and yeah, I think coaches would always look at me as someone that could count on that was going to give hundred percent effort. And um yeah, I know it's going to do it right. So, yeah. And I think that's so important. Those, those types of resources. Yeah. With, uh, the, the mindset and, and, uh, the mental toughness that you mentioned several times. I mean, even like the, the movie Lone Survivor is so good. <laughs> yeah. Just so well yeah. done. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Um, con- uh, uh, early congratulations on your, on your fourth member of the family. <laughs> I appreciate that. You'll have, yeah. a, if there's, you'll have a full D line soon. At least a basketball team, including myself here shortly. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed this. If there's ever anything you guys need for me to speak on, if there's ever, you know, someone that uh, maybe a young um, player, whether it's hockey or football or, you know, whatever thing, and you, you need to chat with anybody, I'm always here for that. And um, yeah, I appreciate your time. I really enjoyed this. For awesome. sure. We would love that. Thank you so much for your time. I think, uh, yeah, we could have, could have asked you a lot of questions, but uh, maybe there'll be a follow-up. <laughs> okay. Sounds good, guys. Awesome. Thank you.